0: G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I'm Glenn ZB, and this morning uh, we've got growth. Where, how much have we grown? Uh, Mike's anxiously awaiting this result. Uh, James Wong tells us what to eat again. Uh, our Trump date for you, he's turned on the random tap. Big time. And uh, Volvo have turned on the cameras inside their cars. Uh, but for any of that, uh, how is Christchurch and the events there being looked at around the world? I heard myself explaining how
1: we don't have a gun register and we don't track ammunition, and we can pump up, pump up our guns without a trace. And it all sounded so hopelessly naive, like, what the hell have we been thinking? But then I cite the numbers. Yes, we have a lot of guns in this country, but we don't shoot a lot of people with them. The great debate in America, of course, is the more guns are available, the more mass death there is. Well, that's not true here. We have one gun per three people, which is not as many as America, but if the equation was accurate, you would have concluded we should have dealt with a lot more gun crime than we already do. Our police, I tell them, are not routinely armed. You can also hear the shock of the host's silence down the line. And all of this, of course, is good. This tiny little country at the bottom of the world that's known for, in a very passing sort of way by most Americans, not unlike, I suppose, our passing knowledge of a place like, I don't know, Boston or Kansas City. But I'll tell you what, I tell you what I also tell each interviewer, that a 28-year-old white bloke with no obvious income was travelling extensively to North Korea, Pakistan, Bosnia, Montenegro and Turkey and yet wasn't on any radar. And they react the same way I did. And in that, I am fearful is the real key to all of this. If I can see it, if the interviewers can see it, if that seems unusual, if not alarming, did we even have a radar on at all? And mostly, the interviews end with how impressed they are with the outpouring of love and support that they have seen. I tell them it's the advantage of a small and close-knit country. Big events literally stop it in its tracks. You know, when you join others from the outside looking in, in conversation the way I have these past couple of days, you realise there is a lot to be proud
0: of. So that was um, the host sort of commenting on the comments he's been making uh, to international media outlets as they've been hounding him for an interview. It's It was just sort of the one big long humble brag now that I think of it. Um, but, you know... We still love him. Uh, we rely on him to watch things like the growth
1: statistics, for example. Uh, the changes upon us. The workplace reform, the return of the unions, the fair pay agreements, the new taxes, the spectre of new taxes. They're sucking the life out of the goodwill of business and they are sucking the positivity out of us, the punter. To this point, we have debated the merits of various moves: the CGT, the changes to rental agreements on housing, the reports on minimum wages, one worker and 10 triggering union-led fair pay deals. But these numbers today, they are reality. They are the result of the government's efforts in 2018, and they make for abysmal and worrying reading. Yes, part of the equation is international. The world has headwinds. But our major trading partners are still moving forward. China, Australia, America, Asia, Europe, they're still buying. And returns on commodities are still by and large excellent. But that is part of the equation, isn't it? If the international headwinds, i.e. the things you can't control, are against us, more effort surely than in building resolve and resistance into the local economy. You weather a storm better from strength rather than weakness, or policy that undermines the ability to do business. This whole debate has been suspended, obviously, for the past few days, but it won't go away, and what was feared looks like it's becoming reality today. And once these sort of matters return to the front of mind and the top of the government's to-do list, we have some real questions to ask, in the hope they have the wherewithal, the experience, the skills and political acumen With which to answer
0: So we shall see What We shall see And there will probably be Another comment a bit like that At some stage tomorrow Um, uh, Meanwhile If you thought uh, Five plus a day Was hard to achieve uh, Turns out You might actually Already be achieving Ten plus a day It's all down to The serving size
1: or something This ten a day thing I was always told That the reason It's always been ten a day It's just They couldn't work out How to sell us ten a day So they sold us five a day Did you ever hear that Or is that an urban myth Do you think
2: well that 's pretty much the, pretty much the case. Um, what most people seem to edit out when they listen to public health advice is that it 's a minimum of five a day, so the scientific evidence suggests that it should really be depending on the trial because trials vary. About 8 to 10 a day is the ideal level. And the minimum level you're supposed to have is 5. So government health advice tends to recommend the lower amount because it's considered more achievable and less threatening to people. But um, if we're going to look at the evidence and look at the science that communicate it in the most honest way, it is, absolutely is closer to 8 to 10 a day.
1: So here's the good news. It's 8 to 10 a day, but we think of portion sizes completely incorrectly. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, generally, people tend to think, you might think like, um, I don't know, an apple is a serving, or a carrot or an onion, right? Those are kind of how we, like, as a public, visualize what a serving is like. But scientists are not great cooks. And scientists, you know, we're kind of weird. We don't think like normal people do. So... To so a scientist, a serving is 80 grams, and that's what these recommendations are based on. Now, if you're looking at an apple, uh, that's up like 160 grams. If you're looking at an onion, that's probably 150, 200 grams. Generally, most you know, what people think is one serving is actually two servings. Mm. So um, a serving is much smaller than you
0: might think. Oh, I see. I don't like that kind of talk um, because you know, if you apply that to, I don't know, let's say, alcohol... And you say, because, you know, I like to try and convince people that that's just one shot. Even though it's in a double-sized shot glass. I don't need people like James Wong coming in and ruining my party. Um, Now, a bit of a Trump date for you. He's really um, slipped into the the random pool again.
1: Most bizarre things broken out in uh, Washington this morning. Now, uh, there used to be a time when uh, the bloke who's married to Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway is the chief counsel to the president, of course. There was a time when he was a massive fan of Trump. Something happened, I can't remember, because I read the story a year or so back. I can't remember what it was, but it was something tangible, something specific. And this guy's fallen out with Trump, thinks he's a complete idiot. And so you've got Kellyanne Conway, one of Trump's biggest supporters, going home every night to a husband who thinks the president's a clown. And this has sort of been going back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, it's erupted today and Trump's had a word.
2: I don't know him. Uh, he's a whack job. There's no question about it, but I really don't know him. He, uh, I think he's doing a tremendous disservice to a wonderful wife. Kellyanne is a wonderful woman. And I call him Mr. Kellyanne. Uh, the fact is that he's doing a tremendous disservice to... A wife and family. She's a wonderful woman.
0: Um, and he didn't stop there.
2: No. Mr. Trump
1: is having a busy day. Earlier on we uh, alerted you to the fact he's uh, in an ongoing argument with uh, Mr. Kellyanne Conway. That's uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband because Kellyanne Conway's husband Kellyanne Conway is of course uh, Conway as the um, the special counsel to the president and is a very loyal supporter of the president but her husband hates Trump and they're sort of going at each other so he had a word about that and then of course a couple of days ago this ongoing dispute with the Trumps and the McCains and Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, went on The View and said a whole lot of nasty things about Trump and he fired back at Trump, well, he's not over it because the, just, just moments ago, he's turned up in Ohio at a tank factory. And, and That's he's,
0: army tanks we're talking
1: about, not army water tanks. tanks. So, he, so he's, he's, he's at the tank factory and he decides to um, go another round.
2: I endorsed him at his request and I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted, which as president, I had to approve. I don't care about this. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. We sent him on the way, but I wasn't a fan of John McCain. So now what we could say is, now we're all set. I don't think I have to answer that question, but the press keeps, what do you think of McCain? What do you think? Not my kind of guy, but some people like him, and I think that's great.
0: Have you ever heard anybody anywhere say he's not my kind of a guy about somebody who's dead? Certainly, uh, he's pushing the boundaries. I'll give him that... Uh, We're going to finish up uh, with a little bit of Volvo safety talk. Sounds exciting, doesn't it?
1: Volvo this morning, I can also tell you, uh, fresh off their news the other day that we talked to Kobe Duggan about, who's the head of Volvo in New Zealand, he's been busy telling us how they're limiting the speed of their cars. All cars are are limited, of course, by their power. A lot of top-end cars are electronically limited, so they can technically go faster, but they limit them. But they limit them at about 250, as in kilometres an hour. Volvo's gone down to 180. And so they think that that's somehow going to save lives, which I can't work out how it is, because if you're traveling at 180 k's an hour and you hit a wall, you're about as dead as you were if you were traveling at 250, but nevertheless.
0: Personally, I think I would die if I traveled at 180 just well, exactly. because it would be so terrifying. You'd,
1: you'd probably get pretty nervous at 80, far less than 180. Uh, anyway, the latest technology that's coming into their cars as of 2021 is a camera. And the camera's in the car, inside the car Not the external cameras for backing into garage doors But an internal camera That will film you and look at you And decide whether you're a bit tanked up And I don't know what people look like Well I do actually, but I don't know if I I'd, I'd go, yeah. You know, when you're at the bar, you go, have you had a few too many? You never know. Anyway, camera's going to be able to work that out, and it's going to stop the car for you. Or if you're distracted, it's going to be able to do the same thing for you. So you're going to have cameras in the cars limited to 180 Ks, and this is all part of their idea that you know, fewer and fewer people need to die on. And they call it key care. And you can set your key to a speed limit. So if you give your key, I'm assuming, so say your son, you set the speed limit at 36 kilometers an hour. And you say, sure, son, go out and have a good night. And have my car. And he'll be wondering why he can't go 37.
0: But yeah, uh, that's- you, know, the re- you know, back to the reversing camera. Yes. You, you described it as being the camera for backing into your garage door. Well, that's, door. that's You what know I did that that's because- not what that's for. No,
1: it's not. But my point being is cameras aren't the be-all and end-all because I've got a camera in the back of my car that would presumably, when it's turned on when you're in reverse, stop you from going into a garage door and yet... It I didn't. thought
0: maybe you were using it at like at the site on a cruise missile <laughs> it's just lining it up in. so you really do as much damage as possible <laughs> to be fair I've and, only and done. now we've got the internal camera to show your reaction when you do that I've only done it once but once was enough I feel like he's done it more than once if only we had the camera footage to prove that I am Glenn ZB uh, that was the rewrap for Thursday I'll be back with more um, it's an audio thing, not a video thing, sorry about that, but maybe we should get some cameras in here. It's really just me standing by a microphone and talking into it, so, not that interesting. <laughs> uh, but I will see you back here again tomorrow, and by see you, I mean hear you. And by hear you, I mean talk to you, and you'll hear me.